Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearson. So glad to have you in the house today. You need to know this. You are always welcome in the house of faith. We're a family. This isn't some organization. This isn't some denomination, if you will. But we are a family. We're the family of God. We are the family of faith. And there is a place for you and everybody in it. Father, we worship you today. You are a good Father God. We glorify you. Thank you for making a place for us in your family. Thank you for carving out a place for every person where they would fit in a unique way, fit in a precise way, precisely called by you with, with an anointing, with a, with a purpose in their life. And I thank you, Lord, that as we get into your word today, you give us eyes that see deeper into that calling. You give us ears that hear the voice of our good shepherd, Jesus, who calls us by our name and leads us out of wherever we are and into what you've called us into, Lord. And Father, we come before your word with an open heart today, open, ready to see, ready to hear, ready to understand more about who we are in Jesus, who Jesus is in us. We thank you for your word. We give you thanks and praise for every good thing you've done, what you are doing, and all that is yet to come in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I want you to get your Bible. If you can, uh, if you can't, then we're going to put some scripture on the screen. I want you to make sure at some point, though, you set your eyes on the Word of God. You know, that's who really the Word works for, is those who keep it in their eyes, those who keep it going in their ears, getting in their heart, those who will keep the Word by doing the Word. That's who receives the blessing of the Lord. And, and it's, that really has a lot to do with what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks of broadcast. We began a series a couple of weeks ago called Keepers of the Faith. That's you, that's me. We are keepers of the faith. And I'm telling you, we're making the decision, the declaration, the determination right here and now that the way we live between now and then is we are going to live in such a way that we come to the end of this life, the end of this road, and say to the Lord Jesus, we have fought the good fight. We have uh, uh, finished our race, and we have kept the faith. As a matter of fact, look, let's look at that scripture together. In the book of 2 Timothy, Paul writing to this young man, and he's writing to him at the, the end of his life, at the the closing days, if you will, of his life and ministry. As a matter of fact, he says that in verse six of 2 Timothy chapter four, he says, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering for the time of my departure is at hand. I have, he said, fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And we've talked a lot about this already, but let me remind you, uh, most people, most people, if they were honest with themselves and honest with God, when they come to the end of their lives, they would be forced to say, I didn't fight a good fight. I fought poorly. Most people, if they were honest, they'd have to say, I didn't finish the race. I quit early. And many people would have to say, if they were honest with God and themselves, they'd have to say, I lost my faith somewhere along the way. You know, just because you get to the end of your life doesn't automatically mean you get to open the Bible and say these things. Paul said, these words are reserved for a precious few people who can say them honestly in the presence of God and honestly look in themselves in the mirror and say, I have fought the good fight. I fought and I was good at it. Over the years, I, over the course of my life, developed a technique and a way of fighting. This is what you want to be able to say. 
This is what I want to be able to say that I've developed in my technique of walking, living, and fighting the fight of faith. I want to be able to say to the Lord, I finished the race that you set me on. Not, not, hey, I started it, but I quit early. No, he's not interested in somebody just starting a race. He's looking for people who finish. Are you a finisher or are you a quitter? There's a difference between finishing and being finished. And I don't want to come to a place in my race where I feel like I'm finished and I just have to quit it. No, I am going to stick with this thing all the way through. But as much or more than any of these things, I want to be able to look Jesus in the eye and say, Lord Jesus, I kept the faith. I didn't let Satan steal it from me. I didn't let anyone or anything else talk me out of it. I didn't let anything or anyone pressure me out of my faith. I kept it. I guarded it. I protected it. I wouldn't let anything steal it. And I want to look Jesus in the eye and say, I kept what you gave me because it was valuable. I don't want to have to say I lost my faith somewhere along the way. No, I kept it. We want to be keepers of the faith. We've talked a lot about endurance. This is an element of our spiritual fitness that really Without it, Paul couldn't have said any one of these things. It takes endurance to fight and fight well. It takes endurance to run and finish a race. It takes almost no endurance to start a race. Did you realize that? Anybody can start a race, but not everybody can finish one. It requires endurance, and it most definitely requires endurance to keep the faith. You've got to endure some stuff if you're going to hang on to your faith. The Word says endure hardness like a good soldier. There are things that you and I have to endure. We have to endure pressure that comes from Satan to steal the word. We've got to last longer than him. Our faith in God has to last longer than his pressing and pressure against us. You got to be able to last longer than symptoms. You got to be able to last longer than what it looks like, feels like. You got to be able to outlast your own senses. You got to be able to outlast some annoying, crazy people. Do you realize that? You've got to be able to endure. We looked in the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Turn back there with me. Let me show you one more thing. Talking about endurance, we were looking in Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10 verse 36 says, you have need of endurance. But skip ahead to chapter 12 and listen to this. I like this. Hebrews 12 verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance. There it is again. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. How do we do that? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Can you hear this coming up? And coming out over and over, you run with endurance. How are you going to do it? Look at Jesus. He is your example of endurance. What did he do? He endured the cross. He despised the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How did Jesus endure the cross and everything that went with that? Everything that entailed, not just physically, but more so spiritually, how did he endure all of that? Well, it's very clear. It was the joy that was set before him. Jesus had his eyes 
on the joy that was set out there in front of him. And there was something in front of him that was sustaining him and, and causing him to persevere. And it was preserving him and strengthening him. It was that joy. Well, we know this, the joy of the Lord is our strength. What was that joy? It was you. It was me. Having us back in the family of God was the joy set out there in front of Jesus. And it was that joy that strengthened him, that caused him to be able to endure the cross, to endure the shame. This goes on, verse three. For consider him who, say it out loud, endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners, the Bible said. Of all the things you and I have to endure to keep our faith, one of the things we've got to endure, like I said, is people. You have got to endure some people. There are people in and around your life, have you figured this out yet, that are not totally on board with you and this God thing, you and this faith thing. There are some people that it just does not make sense to them. And there are people who will quietly disagree with you. And then there are those, maybe you're related to some, that will very openly and publicly disagree with you and may just downright persecute you for your stance of faith. Well, the scripture tells you what to do in the middle of that. Consider him who endured. Get your mind and your eyes off of you and what you're going through and get your mind and your eyes onto Jesus and what he went through. Consider him who endured these kinds of people, lest you become weary. You get worn out. And if you get worn out, you quit early. Who is it that quits the race early? People that get tired. People that have no more strength, no more endurance. And he said, you're going to get worn out. You're going to become weary and you're going to be discouraged in your soul. Now, it's one thing to be tired in your body. I have been there. You have too. What do you do if you can? Take some time off, go get some rest, get a little extra sleep, pop up, pop up, you feel good, you're renewed. It's another thing entirely to be wearied and discouraged in your soul. Now, this is something you want to take a special guard against. If you're going to be a keeper of the faith, you're going to have to guard against getting discouraged in your soul. Because if Satan can get you worn out and discouraged in your soul, you're just moments away from quitting the race, bowing out of the fight and losing the faith. So what do we do? We get our eyes back on Jesus. We consider him. We meditate on him. If you have to, in the middle of it, you just go back and you let the Holy Spirit do what only the Holy Spirit can do. And you say, Holy Ghost, take me back to Calvary. Take me back to the cross. Right now, I'm telling you to do this. If you've got symptoms of sickness in your body, you do this right now. If you're dealing with persecution from people, you do this right now. Holy Ghost, take me back to Calvary. Put me there. Put me in the presence of what was going on there then that day. Show me Jesus on that cross. Remind me of the punishment he took for me. Remind me of the stripes that he bore. Remind me of the crown of thorns that was on his head. And you let the Holy Spirit put you there. 
take you back to the foot of that cross and you consider him who endured all of this for you. Now we read this and we read on and it says, lest you become weary, discouraged in your souls. Verse four, you've not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. What's that a reference to? If you think back on it, do you remember Jesus just moments before the cross? Moments before his betrayal in the garden? He was there with some of his disciples and he left them and he said what? Watch and pray. Simple assignment, right? Watch and pray. Interesting thing about that assignment is if you look up this word we've been talking about, keep, being a keeper of the faith, I have kept the faith. That word keep, it literally means to watch, watch for, be on the guard, protect. You know, if you got a guard who's asleep at the door, he's not protecting your stuff very well at all, is he? So protecting has everything to do with being awake, being watchful, be on the guard. And that's what Jesus left his disciples to do. He's told them very simply, watch and pray. And he went a little further and he fell down. You remember this? And he cried out to God, my God, if there's any way this cup can pass from me. But then what did he say? Not my will, but yours be done. He came back to the disciples. And of course he found them there just praying, right? Praying in the Holy Ghost and interceding on his behalf. No. What's the matter? He found these guys doing what? Sleeping. Sound asleep. What's the problem? No endurance. Could not, and this is the, these are the words of Jesus, could you not watch and pray for one hour? No endurance. Now let me, let me just throw this in here while we're talking about this. You know, we live in a culture and we're bringing up another generation into this culture that has a very short attention span. Have you noticed that? That we, as a community, as a culture, our attention span is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Years ago, Sarah and I used to get into this show on television, and I noticed after watching several episodes, episodes of the show, I said to her, do you notice how short these scenes are? It's like they do these short little scenes where a couple of people say a few words to each other and then bam, onto something else and then onto something else and then onto something else. And I realized, and it took me a few episodes to realize people making these shows and these movies, they realize people don't have an attention span anymore. They've got to keep it moving just to keep anybody's attention. But I'm going to tell you something. That's not okay. Especially when it comes to you and I being able to watch and pray. When it comes to you and I receiving from God, it's not okay to have no attention span. That's not okay. And it's not okay for our young people, our teenagers that we're bringing up in church, in youth culture. It's not okay for them to have no attention span. You want to know one of the reasons we even in the church have no attention span? It's because it's not required of us. We build these services with the motivation of how quickly can we get people out. And that's the reason we can't attend to the word of God is because nobody's requiring us to attend to it. But it's not okay. And if I have any young people, teenagers, 
early 20s, if you're listening to this broadcast, I'm going to tell you something. You need to be able to sit and hear the Word of God without a bunch of fanfare, without a bunch of flashing lights, and without a bunch of stuff to try to keep your attention. You need to be able to sit and listen for an hour. You need to be able to open the Word of God and spend time in it, just you and your Bible, for a length of time without getting distracted. I'm talking to myself right now too, okay? I know what it's like. I know what it's like to read my Bible with my phone sitting next to me and being a slave to the vibration of this little thing. Being a slave to the announcement, hey, you have a text message. I know what that's like, but it's not okay. It's not okay to live a relationship with God with such a short attention span being so easily distracted. And I think we're going to get into that more in tomorrow's broadcast. But Jesus left those guys there and he went away and he fell down and the pressure on him and what he was about to go through was so strong. And he was resisting that pressure in such an intense way that you remember this, great drops of blood began to form on his skin. And he resisted to bloodshed. And that's why this says here in Hebrews 12, consider him because you have not yet resisted to bloodshed. And I think we've read that for so long, like, oh yeah, you know what? You're right. What I'm going through compared to what Jesus went through, it's, it's not a big deal. I can get through this. And we read what he did and we've said, if he could do that, then I can do this. But I think that's reading it wrong. It's not to be read like this, if he did that, then you can do this. You need to read it like this, because he did that, you can make it through this. Because he resisted, you can resist. Because he endured, you can endure. That's why you've got to get your eyes, your mind, your attention, and your focus back on Jesus. If you're going to keep the faith, you're going to have to have eyes up front, eyes on him at all times. Because when your eyes get off Jesus, that's when you begin to lose faith. Ask Peter. Ask Peter about that day Jesus went walking to him on the water. And Peter yelled out, hey, if that's you, because Jesus had already said, it's me, don't be afraid. And Peter said, hey, if it really is you, then tell me to come out there and walk to you. Which I think I am going to ask him about this, as a matter of fact. I mean, this to me is kind of a strange way of proving. It's, uh, there's easier ways to prove that this is Jesus, but this is what Peter came up with, and this is what he said. If it's you, tell me to come walking to you. And Jesus said, come. And Peter got out of the boat. You remember this, you've heard it. And he stepped onto that water, and there was foundation underneath his foot where once there was none. And what was that foundation? It was his faith in the word that Jesus spoke, come on. And when Peter put faith in that word and he began walking to Jesus with eyes on Jesus, as long as his eyes were on him, there was foundation underneath his feet. And he could, you could walk all the way to Jesus like that. But the scripture tells us he began to see the wind was boisterous and to see that the waves were boisterous. And as soon as he got his eyes off Jesus and onto the wind and the waves, he began to sink. 
And of course, Jesus is merciful and he was there to rescue him. But he didn't, you know, really pat Peter on the head. He looked at him and he basically said, why'd you doubt? Where was your faith? If you and I are going to endure and if our testimony is going to be that we are the keepers of the faith, then there's just no other option. Eyes are going to have to be on Jesus at all times in all things because Satan's coming for your faith. Jesus said when he told the parable of the sower that some seed fell on the wayside ground and he said, those are those who hear the word but don't understand it and Satan comes immediately to steal the word that was sown in their heart. That wayside ground is hard ground, packed ground where seed could not penetrate the earth. And if the seed never gets in there, then it can't take root. And if it can't take root, then it can't sprout up. And if it can't sprout up, then it can't bear fruit. And because the seed of the word was just sitting right out there, never got in, they didn't understand it, then Satan comes immediately and steals it. Jesus said, it's just like the birds coming along, seeing seeds sitting right out there on top of the ground. Of course, they're gonna come, they're gonna take it. And that's what Satan does. He comes immediately to steal the word that was sown in your heart. So how do you keep him from stealing it? Well, be somebody that understands the word. And it's not just a mental understanding he's talking about. He's talking about seeing the word as valuable. There are people who scoff at the things that we preach and the things that we believe, scoff at us who say there is a God and on top of that, he's good and he'll save you and heal you and prosper you. There are people that that mock that and say, that's impossible. How could that be? But you know, do you realize it is the epitome of arrogance to say that something is not possible simply because you don't understand how it could be? Just because you don't get how it could be to say that that it couldn't be possible, that is the epitome of arrogance. But it is the epitome of humility to say, Lord, even if I don't mentally totally understand everything you've said in your word, it is still valuable to me. And I'll honor it as your word spoken to me by your Holy Spirit. And it's a revelation of Jesus. And I receive it. That is is seed that gets sown into your heart and Satan cannot steal that word. Listen to me, my friends. Because Jesus endured, you can too. Because he endured some crazy people, you can too. And if he endured what he did on the cross, then you can endure whatever it is you're facing right now and you can come out on the other side with with faith intact and you can stare Jesus eye to eye and say, I am a keeper of the faith. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.